Hello, welcome to episode number 310 of the Apolog Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. I'm trying to arrange my seat. Can I get my seat comfy? Is it comfy? Yeah, okay. Anyways, this podcast is brought to you in part by AIXDSP.com. Get affordable and useful plugins. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your audio at all times. Click the link in this description for more information. Uh, if you want to support my work, you can go to Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with my hosting and gas fees. Ugh. And you can cancel at any time. Go to the shop, buy a t-shirt, go to appalock.ca slash shop, and buy uh, some music there too, actually. Buy a, but buy a t-shirt, because I'm almost out. Uh, if you're on iTunes, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give it five stars, please. Like and share on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Pod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SimonHead666. Today on the show, I have Mr. Clint Westwood. Clint has been around for a while, but he's actually originally uh, from the band The Whiskey Avengers, ska band. Now he's doing a solo project because COVID has made people have to stay in their house. There's a thing called COVID. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, COVID is made a lot of people go into their house and write things on their computers and put it out. This is a uh, an EP called Return to the Mothership, and it ha- it's out on Mannequin Vanity Records, and there's a reimagination of older songs that he had written. Um, yeah, so and you know what? They're good songs. It's, uh, it's like a punk country kind of thing, and it's very fun to listen to. You're going to hear one of the songs. We had some technical malfunctions when we did this podcast so we ended up having to use my phone how did all this work yeah we had to use i um face facetime and, and you know so with that i needed to use a special adapter it's really a boring story i'm not going to tell you the whole story but i i couldn't play the music so i had to throw the music in there in the middle of the show you'll hear some music is that's the short end of the story sorry i missed last week last week i i don't know why i missed last week but uh, yeah, so anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Clint Westwood of the Clint Westwood Band on the Apple Out Podcast. Gotta love it, eh? Technology. Fucking us oh, over. Painted my existence bridging always. There are some years. people out there who have like this aversion to um electronics and their shit just breaks. Are you one of them people? Um no, I think I'm more I just kind of cling on to something for until it breaks, you know. So I just got this new new 2015 laptop and upgraded my old Pro Tools system and have it all set up for that went through that shit and then not now i can't do a a web call for some reason so <laughs> oh i had that problem last was it this year or last year last year i think it was where uh my pro tools just got to the end i was running 11 and i couldn't yeah. update my operating system and then 
And then I tried to update my hard drive and my hard drive said, no, I need a newer operating system. And so I was like, oh shit, now I got to buy Pro Tools and now I got to buy all my plugins again. So it was an expensive 2020 trying to get back on track. But good thing is lesson learned, right? You either pay now, you pay later. You're going to pay, you're going to pay at any time. Yeah, that is the one true, right? Death, death and taxes, right? That's it. <laughs> the only guarantees. Totally. <laughs> Totally. So, hey, man, where are you? What's your, what's your, where are you? I'm in Portland, Oregon. Ah, uh, nice. Beautiful. Does the water yeah. still just run in the drinking fountains like normal, like all the time, like it used to? Uh, no, there is, hasn't been water in here for 80 plus days. The worst route in like modern history, you know. So. I remember the first time I went there in 1990 or 91, 91, 90. Um, you go to a drink, there's a drinking fountain, just water, just, in, you know, you don't like, hit the button, it's always just running water. And I'm like, that's fucking odd. Yeah, no, man, I hope not, because my water bill is absolutely insane. I was like, isn't this goddamn rainforest? Like, what the fuck is going on here? So I must have brought the Southern California desert with me up here, because yeah. uh, I was wet, doom and gloom, and it's just been hot and fucking miserable. So. Yeah, yeah. Where, where are you, is that where you're originally from, is Portland, or...? No, I'm originally from uh, uh, San Jose, like the San Francisco Bay Area, and then it was uh, about eight years in San Diego. That's where I met uh, Mr. Jake at the uh, the small label that's been helping do all these promotions for me and got me in contact uh, eventually to this right here. Mm -hmm. And then about a year ago, middle of the pandemic, we got the hell out of there. Um, a family man now. I was. I saw you two are also a, a, a punk dad, you know, yeah. so that's, I'm just kind of starting that chapter right now. And, uh, you know, it already taken a year from really gigging hard to just to, to be a dad. And then Southern California is mm -hmm. fucking hot, and disgusting and overpriced. And we're like, let's get the hell out of here while we got some fucking government money and made the leap to Portland. And now we're just kind of laying low, waiting to see what the hell happens next. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no. Is that where you did most of the writing for this record? You did this EP? No, this EP is, is actually a, just a re re recording of some songs I put out in 2016 okay. off of a, a full length album. Yeah. So uh, during during shutdown last year, I was just in my garage fucking around with some new stuff and uh, just kind of retracted and had my buddies redo drums on a couple songs and. Uh, Mainly to put put out this music video, and then uh, it was the the label's idea to to release a single with kind of newer versions of these songs that no one had really hadn't gained any traction to kind of re re make myself relevant for a minute here before I put out some new material, I suppose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and your band, uh, sorry, the name escapes me. Um, are you still in the band, or is this? It's just Clint Westwood. You know, I'm, it's kind of my solo thing. Yeah. You know, I've, it's it's what I've been doing for a. Uh, yeah, gosh, shit. I guess since since 2012, but I was in a like a ska kind of piratey punk band called the Whiskey Adventures. Ah, sorry, name escaped me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that that probably wasn't even mentioned. That's, uh, but I kind of you know ended up kind of doing my own thing. So I, I go by Clint Westwood. It's just the Clint Westwood band. You know, it's kind of like a a folky punk kind of country thing that. Uh, I just kind of, I just kind of ran with. Just started as something for fun, but then, did, you know, actually playing, playing a lot and getting a couple tours out of it. You know, at into Europe a few times and do all my own recording. So everything in the studio is 
pretty much me except for drums. So uh, that's just kind of how I've been running it. Just just going with it. Yeah, I you know usually guys that leave leave or or take a break from a band or even leave a band, they come out of it with way more smarts and wherewithal to conduct themselves, not just musically but business. Do you, you find that that type of thing, a little bit of uh, experience, yeah, I mean, you know, helped you? Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't say so much the the business side of it. I'm a horrible capitalist, and <laughs> I just. <laughs> Just like constantly hemorrhaging money, no matter what I touch, just turns to debt. But uh, yeah, as far as just, you know, I was always kind of like the, the, the ringleader of the bands and previous bands, you know, songwriter and recorder and booker, driver, you know, it was kind of up to me to drag my alcoholic buddies around the world and <laughs> make sure that they had a good time. And, you know, eventually people burn out, you know, people got lives and shit, you know, how it goes. And so, the most efficient way to be a, a productive musician was to just, you know, go solo, you know, at least as far as writing and, and recording. And then, you know, just found some some kick ass musicians who are just able to to hold on and go along for the ride. You know, yeah. As far as being able to perform live. Well, when you say that, it strikes a chord with me because I, I was always the guy. I was like the, the the band dad where it's like, okay, we're leaving at this time. You know, I'm, I'm a tour manager too, so I tour manage bands on the side as well as um, the job I have. But there's always sort of a sense of I'm doing all this work and I'm carrying you motherfuckers along. And like, and I'm, I'm probably projecting, but there's always that sense of like, it just must, must be easier just to be the boss or to try to deal with how your business is conducted because you yeah. have your morals and you're not used, you know, and sometimes the people you work with or bring along are kind of don't have the same focus as you do. Is that, mm. is that a thing? Yeah, I, I would say that. Um, and also I'd say more for me um, and just kind of learning this as being a, a father and a, a soon to be husband and just kind of head of a household is that, uh, I'm a hard-headed son of a bitch, and I got tunnel vision, and I'm just, uh, like it all just calls it steamrolling. I'm like a human steamroller, you know, which is like, all right, eyes on the prize. We're going to fucking do this, and, you know, I don't look back. All gas, no brakes, and if you're coming with me, you're coming with me, and, you know, sometimes there's a trail of fire and destruction, and sometimes it's a a, a great time, but that's kind of how I conducted my, my tour managing and booking. It was all DIY, all just... We're gonna whoever the hell writes me back. We're gonna book this show if it's fucking ten dollars or two hundred, you know, or drink tickets. And it was, it was pretty much I just had a thirst just for the for the lifestyle, you know, and a, and a lot of booze. Mm -hmm. Not so much anymore, but it was all definitely fueled by just performance and experience, and uh, with with zero plans for for the long term, I suppose, which definitely burns you out. It was burned out band members, burned out myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm definitely in the wake of that, figuring out a way to kind of re-enter you know, the musical world at some point. Well, there's a time and place to be that type of reckless lunatic, and it gets tiring after a while, and I can attest to that. Um, <laughs> once you hit 30, once I hit 30, I was like, I had like another five years in me where I'm like, just go, 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 go. And then, and then I went, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe... It's not going to happen, right? Like, if it'll happen or it won't happen. And if you're comfortable with the fact of it not happening and you can just go make a, carve out a niche or carve out something that makes you happy with music, 
that's where the reward is. It's not money, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, if, uh, yeah. If you're in it for the money, you're definitely in the wrong business. For sure, <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all aware of that. Yeah. Well, there's also a lot of broke i'm sure there's a lot of broke like um lawyers and broke um like real estate agents you know what i mean like it's it's yeah. same idea right you either you, you jump in and you try to you're not yeah, if you have hard or a conscience i get you you're probably going to be a broke in this day and age yeah broke because you know yeah the, the world is fueled by you know by greed and just terrible fucking incompetence you know so yeah. anybody who's a you know, it's like a few walks around the block, you know, pretty much that's old news. Yeah. <laughs> Into the choir at this point, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, how much longer can we go on like this? <laughs> well, there is the, yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, it, it's like you, you chose a pretty nice place to live for that type of like a, a maybe more equality and socialism based on um, um, just your location, right? Like Seattle, Portland, that seems to have a very... Uh, liberal left-leaning yeah. kind of vibe to it right yeah it's it's interesting they're you know the the urban areas are they're definitely islands you know and it's mm-hmm. kind of a recurring theme i would say you know for the most part you know in the in the u.s you know at least where i've been you know urban centers are kind of just a a melting pot of of everybody and your your tolerance is just from being alive and seeing everything on a daily basis you know and then you got a rural community of you know those folks, and I'm sure you know. I don't know how far news travels, but you know, Portland is definitely on the radar these days. Of you know, oh shit, it's burning down. There's fucking you know Antipa versus the fucking Proud Boys, whatever. Every day, you know, it's kind of a a magnifying glass on a, a very larger issue, I would say. But uh, it, it it is a safe space inside that you know there's definitely a lot of like-minded people that want to fucking figure out anything else because clearly this isn't working i mean we're literally on fire over here you know <clears throat> literally the uh you know the forest is burning in front of our eyes so it's it's intense times but it's good to know that yeah you're not alone and a lot of people are tired of this shit you know it's you know anything else any other options you know we're, we're definitely ready at this point yeah it's pretty cool there's a fear of it slipping off the edge too. Cause it's like, we're just seems like if you feel like we're just hanging on, then there's always the, the ledge is a lot closer. You know what I mean? But when you mentioned suburban folks, the ledge is really far away. Like the actual ledge of the world ending or, or <laughs> catching on fire. Um, <laughs> it seems that as you go further away from the inner city or from the city, it turns into, uh, well, you know, we've got no problems here. I've got my half acre and I got this and I got that. And I got the grocery store, got food, lots of vegetables, got money. But as you go further in to where things are really, really damaged, that's where, you know, yeah, until their house burns down, then that's it. And they were like, oh, I guess climate change is a thing. I think we should worry about, you know, we should be more worried about that shit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, every year it seems like there's few places to run, you know, so even, depending on where you sit in the class system, you know, you can only go so far because people are moving farther outside of town, but now they're the ones having to evacuate for wildfires, you know, so where are you going to go? You know, it's no matter what, we're all stuck on this freaking planet (laughs) together. So it's like only only so many assholes can shoot themselves into space before, you know, you know, we figure out we should probably clean up our own house first before just leaving it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm in Ontario and Canada, and we even had wildfires, and it affected the the if it affected the, um, 
like visual and health reasons when everything that sort of east of where the fires were we had yeah. it too i mean like we're not we're not um fully innocent up here for that stuff but at the same time it has been a weird dry crazy summer um yeah and you know that's kind of what happens but if you're not prepared for it and you know you don't have that sort of reserve of, of per person power to be able to, to cope with it you know i've had friends where their houses have just been eviscerated on the west coast just gone like yeah burnt, burnt down. and um yeah that's it's a yeah but anyways on to music yeah, on the music. Well, that's a pretty good segue because uh, this new EP and this, you know, re new old song, you know, that's been kind of rehashed. Uh, Return to the Mothership. I don't know if you had a chance to see the music video. No, I didn't see the video, but I got the music. So I'm like, oh, I wish I could play it because I got it here, but I had it's, to use it. It's pretty the hilarious. Yeah. But um, yeah, more or less, it's a, you know, it, it's a song about, you know, existential doom and take me back to the mothership like um, we're like an abandoned extraterrestrial we're you know creatures with amnesia have no idea where we came from and it, it's, it appears that we're on a hostile planet that we don't belong here everything around here is trying to kill us including ourselves so mm -hmm. can the mothership hurry up and come back so i can go the fuck home because this place is a goddamn nightmare <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah. You know, this, which I, I just wrote in my apartment as a fucking um, alcoholic, drug addict, wasteoid who just couldn't go outside because I was too hungover and fucked up waiting for the sun to go down. But it turned out it had, you know, other implications to the human condition. You know? mm -hmm. And it, the original version is kind of like this funky, whatever, wasn't very exciting. And uh, started playing it live, a really upbeat kind of bluegrass two-step in countries slapping style thing so decided to retrack it like that and uh my buddy had this concept for this video um just east of san diego there's a roadside attraction called coyotes ufo and retrieval repair service this pretty eccentric dude lives out there and he's got a bunch of you know ufos and uh, saucers built on golf carts and all kinds of crazy shit like a gra graveyard of vehicles out in the desert you know and all kinds of cool supernatural swag you know it's I've, we drove by a bunch of times we're like we got to go talk to this dude man this guy's you know he's got to be a trip you know, it, it looks pretty fucking scary you know when you're just driving by like don't go there but of course we're like yeah we need to go figure out what this is about ended up hanging out with this guy all day and he's, he's just a fucking character and actually very very knowledgeable to a, like a wide history of like you know ufo activity and whatever you know how people want to get into government cover-ups going back to the to the old days so interesting dude a good hang so we had this video concept and this song was the re-recording for that video concept to make a long story longer so that that's why this is happening and that's yeah. why we're talking <laughs> yeah 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 no it's yeah definitely the, the music is you know it was like well there should be more songs there but i mean honestly it's it's uh it's reimagines versions of songs and the fact that you just you know putting yourself out there because you can um because we've there's no live music i mean have you how how have you been coping with that type of has it helped you well um you know, like i mentioned before uh you know since becoming a dad it kind of already hit the brakes on that you know i i decided to you know focus on the family you know it's not not always the first choice you know it's tough i got rock star dads out there that you know don't 
at the time didn't see their families a lot. And, uh, you know, maybe it's just because I wasn't successful enough to have that option, but I absolutely love, you know, being a dad in this chapter of my life and it was completely unsustainable, you know, just from a lifestyle and substance abuse and it took, took its toll physically and mentally and everything on me. So I had already stepped off the stage for the most part and was, you know, just got, got a day job and was just making the ends meet, you know, and focusing on the family. Yeah. The so other... I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I'd already stopped playing. So I did, didn't hit, hit his home as, you know, like guys that just hit the wall, you know, that were touring and had a whole year booked out. And then like that, it was gone the next day. So I, if I feel for him, my heart goes out because that's, that's fucking terrible. You know, I wasn't going to shows. I wasn't touring at all. But to just have that change overnight, man, that's it's devastating. You know, mm-hmm. for society goes on and off the stage, man. It's it's fucked. <clears throat> well, yeah, there's a reason why people jump on stages, big or small, is to sort of that fills part of their, you know, helps their life, makes it more complete. And when you can't do that, and a lot of people, um, I've talked to a lot of people over this, and the subject's always been the same about what we the past couple, year and a half. How how have you been coping? And there's a lot of people uh, like they paint a pretty picture and go, oh, you know, I'm learning to, you know, I'm learning about myself and this and that. But, <laughs> but it's like, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. We all know this sucks, you know, like we all know this sucks. You have to embrace that part of the suck, you know, you know, as long, as long as you don't write a song that has COVID in it, there's several rules I have for, for now for pandemic based music. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't put that word in there. We got to forget it. Just like Trump. We got to forget him too. Yeah. Yeah. It's all played out. Dirty words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, when we you get to back to to normal, are you gonna? It, it sounds like you've made a balance between family and music. And there's a time in people's lives, and I I went through it, um, where you start realizing, you know, being a musician is really selfish. Like I'm a selfish person, and I need, and when someone else comes into your life, a a, a girl or and then kids people start readjusting kind of what their priorities are. And it sounds like you already have, like you, you're like, you're, you've you said, okay, well, there's a realization about where I can balance music. Cause for the better part, music, sometimes it's not just as, it's actually the exact opposite of rewarding. It can be completely and utterly heartbreaking. And, yeah. you know, and if that's all you got, then you either sort of, if you're a person by yourself, you can go, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to let this fuck me up. But if you have other people, it can affect everything, you know? So, so it sounds like you, like there's a time in your life where there's a time in your life where you're like, you know what, put a balance on here. Is that, is that, was that like a conscious thing or did it just happen? Um, yeah, I, I wish it was more balanced. Um, I, I, I know where to insert it, mm-hmm. but at this point it's just, it's finding the time, you know, like, uh, I'm, I'm uh, at a household that, that I gotta, gotta pay the bills, gotta pay the rent. You know, uh, my lady was a bartender service industry and there's just very few options returning to that right now that we're comfortable with, you know, and unemployment can only throw so many crumbs your way, you know, mm-hmm. same, same sob story. I mean, all things considered, we're fortunate as shit to make, even make this move to Portland and get a, a beautiful house. You know, if we got to be stuck here, we got to live, you know, carefully, you know, as far as being social and out there in the world we have an awesome home base that was the goal it's like we don't know how long we got to ride this shit out mm-hmm. i got a full 
recording studio down here. I got my booth. I got my freaking my baby is over here. Yeah. Bases, guitar. I, I got shit everywhere. I mean, the guns are loaded and, and ready to fire off. You know, I just I gotta you know it's that month to month living that just you know that that that's the hardest part right now is that sucking it up because it is selfish. It's like if I come down here, I'm like I'm just gonna go play my guitar you know, for, for 30 minutes, which he tells me to do all the time. It's like, that doesn't have any monetary value to it or, or anything other than just, you know, healing yourself or reminding yourself that, oh yeah, this is what you do. This is what you love. This is what you're great at. It's okay to detach from life and just fucking play a song. If Even if nobody's listening, you know, I was so used every time I had an instrument in my hand, it was on stage I was playing four or five days a week. And recording at home just you know fucking around all the time so just like you know my i got baby fingers you know <laughs> i got no calluses right now for the first time in 25 years you know? yeah yeah holy shit you know it, it, it's hard to suck it up but like you know it's it's family first i know it's there i i got 10 more albums in my head for all kinds of shit you know I, inspiration is not an issue it's just the time and the grind, I got to work smarter. I got to figure out a way to allot time, not just for me, but for my family to be freed up where I'm just not going out there to bring the bread back. So, you know, but more balance of music would, would be great. I yeah. will be so thankful when I'm, when I'm back in that boat, but it's little bits at a time. You know, it's, it's baby step. Well, yeah, what I'm reading in this is that you know your priorities in life and you know that, oh, I need to put my head down and work and get shit done. And then music is something now that it's an enjoyable experience where before it was almost like it was something you just did. And now, did you do you find like there's obviously a better appreciation of what it is as opposed <laughs> to, you know, what it wasn't or what it where it didn't fill the holes, right? Yeah, man. Don't know what you got until it's gone. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I, I would do a little more, but it's funny. My my three year old, he loves dancing and singing. <clears throat> you know, at the ridiculous TV shows and learning shows that he watches. But the minute I even join in to that shit or pick out a guitar, he's just like, nah, <laughs> ripping it out of my hands. I was like, dude, like. I was born to do this, man. We could do this together. Yeah. Like fuck these little singing frogs on the TV, man. Like, I, I can do this shit all day. <laughs> so that it, it's bittersweet. You know, you'll get there. I mean, three year olds are unreasonable human beings. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, they're mean, selfish little little bastards. That's for sure. It's your job to make them not that. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't take it personal. But no, no, fun. no, no. Yeah, yeah. When when he's twenty six, you're like, you know what? You were a fucking asshole when you were three. I'm just letting you know that. I'm just putting it there. I'm laying that down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, it's not such a bad well, idea to start writing some kids' songs, man. Then that way you get your kid on side, and then and that way you know a lot of people do that, right? Like, you know, the Aquabox. Yeah. <laughs> you no. Know? I actually dabbled in that, man. I I got a little children's book with the uh, a little punk rock musical soundtrack to it called the uh, the Goonie Tunes, man. And, uh, <laughs> Wait, you've already it's, done something, or is that something that you? Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. We, we, I wrote it. My buddy illustrated it. It's a uh, you know just a Amazon self-publish. It was a learning experience. Um, it uh, it got a lot of great response, but like any all my other projects, I invested zero into promotion and, and marketing. You know, mm -hmm. just 
told it at the music school I worked at and friends with kids like that. And I, all, all the music's up, you know, streaming on all the sites. It's a, uh, it's fun stuff, man. Yeah. It's called the Goonie tunes. There's probably some serious copyright infringements in there. If it ever did gain some traction, get sued by Warner brothers and, you know, George Lucas or uh, Spielberg, whoever <laughs> it's a double whammy cease and desist, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely something that, I'm I'm revisiting. We learned a lot about, you know, what what to do, what not to do. I didn't have kids at the time, but I was mm-hmm. teaching full time at the School of Rock, you know, dealing with about 30 students a week. And uh <clears throat> yeah, I, it's definitely an avenue I got a lot of experience now in, and especially have being exposed to all the books that I got to read now. I'm like, you know, this is how I would do this differently. Or these songs I can I can you can do this without driving the parents totally insane as well. You, know, you can you yeah. can make it cool everybody <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean that's what kind of where disney kind of does excels right because you you got to sit in that theater with your kid and watch frozen you have to right but then you're like yeah okay well they, they've somehow trapped you in with earworms and ear hooks and you're like holy shit you know if you really listen to that disney stuff it's like oh my god it's just really well crafted stuff you know if you can appreciate it right oh yeah man that's yeah pixar's just been crushing it man, lately dude. i'm gonna yeah. say it <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I got a newfound appreciation, man. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I wish I could play some songs here because I got them. I got them here, but you know what? Maybe I'll throw them in. We'll throw in one in right here. Hold on, I put a location in. There it is. I put a song in. <laughs>
you ever make plans to, to head out to Canada? Too much stuff in Canada? Is this, is, is, are you, uh, are you primarily, have you played in Canada? Um, not as the Clint Westwood band. Uh, I played the Victoria Scoffest a few years in a row with uh, Dave Hilliard and the Rocksteady 7. Uh, yeah, it's kind of some, some trad ska jazz stuff. I was playing bass with them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just in BC, uh, some Vancouver shows in the, you know, in Vancouver Island. Uh, I would love to though. I, I, I love traveling. I love going anywhere. I've been to a lot of strange, weird places. <laughs> music has taken me, and I, you know, it's, it's the places you never heard of. You know, that end up being the most memorable. You know, sometimes you just like. It's true. It's true. <clears throat> I see you. You have gone to Europe, and Europe is one of those weird things where it's like, how does this, you know how does this work because a lot of the cultural there's a big cultural division between germany and america or you or north america in particular um how do you navigate through it because because i went through i went there in the early 2000s a bunch of time and what i did notice is that there is a there is a divide although they love music so much but it's like there is this weird sort of disconnect about what's passionate to you and what's passionate to europeans did you notice <laughs> it or is it just me um what do you mean is passionate about the, like the musical styles? Just or the about... appreciation. Like I felt that Europeans really appreciated music on yeah. different levels than North Americans. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I, it blew my mind every night that I was getting a hot meal and a, a place to stay at, you know, some compound that used to be a, a squat from the eighties that they fought the police on a nightly basis just to live there. But now they're like a sanctioned art community and, they have money from the government to pay fucking no but unknown bands from you know across the world to come play. I was like, how the how is this a thing? You know, I don't understand. Like, I'm eating fucking cold pizza, getting paid in beer tickets back home, and yeah, you know that they're looking at me like I'm coming from the promised land. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny too when you go to the UK, it's the same thing. It's like they don't give a shit about you, but you seem oh, to go over to France and Germany. It's they, like, yeah, <laughs> it's brutal. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. I've, I've had a few, you know, drunken uh, philosophical debates about this, you know, being over there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if it's, you know, culturally, they might have been deprived, depending on how old they were, you know, because mm. they're, they're post-war countries that, you know, came out of some serious shit. You know, this is kind of why they don't put up with as much bullshit, because it was a little more fresh on their doorstep and the way they reconstructed society, you know, it just, they, they were trying to avoid basically what we're diving into head first over here, you know, which is this total annihilation, civil war, and just fucking madness because, you know, we're like the toddler that never had the, the spanking, you know, we never had the shit, the bombs go off on our, on our house. But I think, you know, the way that they're, they're passionate about American bands a little more than they're passionate about their own bands. I don't know if you noticed that too, you know, the bands there, they like didn't have, you know, the same, you know, the bands, the local bands that open to you, they'd be great players and they were technically awesome, you know, but they just like, yeah, you know, I like to play, I have a band, you know, and then they're like, but they just love, you know, their favorite, you know, bands from the West or you know, from, from the States or whatever, you know, how they just had that angst because, Things were a little more fucked up here than they thought, you know. There was like a, you know, 
yeah. the, the the great musicianship coming from that that angst you know translates in the music you know yeah. and they might have misinterpreted that that was something that just because this was the, the greatest place on earth yeah right or that just people like living through real fucking struggle making great music and they were just lucky enough to get the chance to perform for people that actually appreciate shit like that but more or less i don't know if that makes sense that's yeah kind of where we ended up on that yeah i i think there's because there's a situation where you you fly over and you end up in this little club and people are like oh my god thanks for coming six thousand kilometers or three thousand miles yeah. thanks for doing that but on the other on the other hand i was in toronto with a band opening up for a band from france and nobody came or cared. I'm like, this yeah. is bullshit. Like, why can't we? Why can't we appreciate people who make the journey across on a plane across the ocean, yeah. put their lives yeah. in on hold to come to another country to try to make an impact, and uh, and we can't even come out to the show. Or but you go to you go to Germany and it's a Friday night in the middle of the country somewhere, and there's like people, there's like 200 people there. Like they no, they don't care who you are. They just know that it's going to yeah. be fun. It's going to be an exciting yeah. time. They're just there to fucking rock out and go yeah. hard. And, and there's <laughs> just this weird vibe, you know. And the other the other theory I have is that there's two. I have two theories. One theory is that they didn't really have MTV, really, like image-based music. So, mm. therefore, there was never really a, an understanding of what someone looked like versus what the music they did. You know, and then that that keys into me. Well, we they have the scorpions, so who you know what I mean? Look at them; they're all bald and old, and people still love them. But yeah. but the other one is is that they have an extra thousand years of culture in their lives. Like they have churches from like seven yeah. eight hundred years ago, right? So they're used to appreciating culture and art just a little bit better than we are. Like we're like still, like you said, we're toddlers. We have no idea what it what it is you know and our genetics are like eh, you know you know <laughs> but yeah but when you go to germany people are just like there's like you said there's a there's a i think there's a time too when they have like those drug parks in in um, in um, switzerland that they've sort of said there's an age group where we just say you know what we're gonna let those fuckers do what they want to do let's appreciate it let's let's try to focus on the young and they did so they made it like put a foosball table and a half pipe in an old army barracks and next thing you know, it's a it's a punk rock show yeah place to do yeah i mean i would say yeah definitely going on that theory of the the mtv uh, the, the way that we're raised here is to kind of separate yourself from the arts and music that's only for celebrities you know it's mm -hmm. not for the common person <clears throat> and therefore you kind of grow up with no respect for underground or am amateur music you know and so you, you grow up with that, you know, it just, it's like an extra thing. It's a commodity. What's the first thing they cut from the education budget, you know, the arts and, and, and music, you know, so it's not necessary because this isn't some vehicle to make money unless we're exploiting the shit out of it for pop culture. Yeah. And it, you know, and over there, you're right. It's, they have a less of a toleration for that kind of bullshit there. It's more integrated in the way that you're growing up there, you know, arts and education is just something that is just as normal as everything else. And, and I think that mixed in with the counterculture there is that there's such a, you know, a history of actually, you know, fighting against, you know, any kind of oppression or authoritarianism, at mm -hmm. least over there yeah. that they don't fuck around. You know, it's like they're, when they say, fuck you, it's really fuck yeah. you. Here. Yeah. No, it's not, here it's like, hey, fuck 
fuck you. Okay, let me go back to being a pussy inside, <laughs> you know. But yeah, yeah. But you're right, and that, that's a huge problem. And you know, se- separating yourself, you know, music and arts from like being just a necessary part of the community, and it's something that's healing and expressive for every individual versus like, oh no, unless you can be successful with this and blow up and make millions of dollars, it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Automatically, no, at a local independent level, but, but not always, you know, like when I was coming up, you know, like I'm sure you remember too, like back in the day, like, you know, I was playing in bands in the you know mid nineties when I was, you know, my first punk bands playing out. We had those little teen centers. They weren't on the, the level of the European ones, you know, with the we had the foosball table, but we didn't have the bar, you know. We had the we had the stage, but we didn't have the fucking, you know, smoking inside. <laughs> but yeah. more or less there was at least places people were trying and there was a little scene. It would bubble up, you know, and it you know, that was something that I've taken with me this whole time that just does not exist now, like for these kids, man. It's just yeah that sucks the most for me when i was teaching music to youngsters you know at least they had a little band practice built into the school and they had a performance to look forward to but the fact that i told them like hey i was like 16 years old you know driving to play shows in san francisco on a school night with my friends like getting still getting a free beer somehow out of it and like smoking cigs and playing a set you know on a Wednesday in high school, you know, some bar, some weird fucking house somewhere, like that's such an alien thing to them. Like, like that's just what we did. There was no rock school. You just like yeah. played your instrument. You got stoked on it. You tried to get some shit together. And, and at least there was a place to take that. You know? Yeah. 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 You get out. Garage, There's a music store a chain in Canada called Long and McQuaid. And they had a, um, like a rock school for adults, like a rock camp, like, and when I was like late twenties, I'm like, that's bullshit, man. Why would you want to? That seems so lame. And fifty one year old me is like, I wonder how I can get be a part of this thing. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So like, man, it'd be fun jamming with dudes. You know what I mean? Like that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Like, you know, it'd be you know, it'd be awesome. And I don't need to tell stories. And all my stories would be new stories again, right? That's the good part of it. It's like you can start telling the same old stories because they are new people. And then when yeah. you join another band, you can just tell those same stories again. <laughs> Man. Hell yeah. Well, you know, I, um, yeah, I, I'm going to play the songs because all three of them are great. And, uh, and, you know, record came out, what, it was out last week? Last week? Yeah. Yeah. Like we, uh, yeah, started streaming, uh, yeah, end of August. Yeah. yeah. Mannequin Valley, Vanity. Um, talk a little bit about that label because I have worked with a few bands I've had a few bands on the show from that label um yeah it's just a uh, it's, it's based out of San Diego it was uh when I first got in touch with with Jake he's the uh you know the owner and you know does most of the legwork for him it, w- it was more like a talent buyer I mean the San Diego music scene was like two different worlds you know it was either play covers or find house gigs all night because it's a huge tourism city you know mm-hmm. so if you want to make money you're gonna play four hours a night you know a couple of days a week and then you, you can make a living you know like that you just kind of find your niche you know everything from you know you know it's kind of like a uh, like a gypsy punk style band and they do covers as well but you did it all in that style and uh, so he was helping me get gigs like that i was 
actually doing the Clint Westwood thing. You know, I was doing both of them. I was doing my in a, original music shows and touring just under that. And then when I was in town, you know, I played an Irish bar for four hours, playing covers and Irish tunes, but I would do them all kind of country fried, punky, twang, just with banjo too. Just find your niche because you, you got to play songs that people know if you're going to do that shit all night. You know, it's, it's grueling work, but I found a way to do it without just totally feeling dead inside. You know, like no matter the worst cover song that somebody yelled at me and threw 20 bucks in the jar. All right, all right, motherfucker. Well, you're gonna hear that with the banjo right now, so yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, so, just so I, I, I can get through it too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, oh, your video. There you go. <laughs> Bam! Call was coming in. There. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Mannequin Vanity was a, mostly a talent booking agency, but then, you know, he's a good businessman, and and he started you know, collecting bands that he wanted to help promote the best that he could, and uh, you know branching out the tours in the European and Canadian market, you know, getting, getting bands from, from other regions and kind of swapping, you know, resources like that. And, uh, one of those resources, uh, forget her name, but she, uh, he works with fat Canada for promotion. Oh, it's so. Melanie K. She's the yeah, lady. Ma- yeah. Yeah. She's our connection. Yeah. yeah so, so that's she's probably how it got us in contact. Yeah. Is, but, uh, so he's just always hustling to, to bridge his connections. Um, so yeah, this is a small, just little underground DIY operation out of San Diego. You know, just trying to help local musicians and working musicians, you know, find a way to put food on the table and, you know, stay on stage. Yeah, it's well, it's a very commendable act to start a record label or a booking agency in these days because touring isn't really a thing anymore. Like people that I talk to, new bands and things, they're like, yeah, yeah, we got a good Spotify presence and this and that. and. <laughs> And, I mean, they'll they'll go and do, sh- but they don't understand that concept of getting in the van. And our first show is four hours away, and then the next shows it was in Canada is the worst because our first show would be like six hours away. Yeah, yeah. You know, or or you know, we'd be lucky if you if you had a two hour trip. But in the states, you're always like three hours from somewhere. Um, but they don't understand the concept of like what it takes to to actually be a self promoting and to be able to leave the city or leave the spot where you're, you're seen to go create and, you know, interject yourselves into new scenes in different cities. And um, what I notice is actually people are more in, um, if you're, if you enter a scene as a, as a band from the outside, it's easier to come from the outside from another city than it is to try to get yourself in that scene. That's already there, you know, mm-hmm. it, cause it's, a, there's a click of sorts, but yeah. But there, you know, there, nobody understands that concept of like doing it. You know, I wouldn't do it tomorrow, but if I was thirty years younger, I would totally do it. It's fun. It was a fun thing to do. Yeah, it's a great way to 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 see the world. You know, that was the only way I knew how. You know, I never took a vacation. You know, till I was thirty-seven. You know, because I didn't know how else to leave my city and feed myself and find shelter. <laughs> I was, Pouring my instruments around town, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was always a hustle. They're like, okay, where are we staying tonight? I'm like, I think I know the the promoter might have a place. Let's call him. I'm like, what the fuck? We're like four hours away. How are we gonna figure out where we're gonna stay? <laughs> yep. And then yeah, and then we'd be at the show. We'd be on stage. We're like, anybody got a place to stay? Uh, we give you merch. And that was always a thing. We only did that once yep. in Europe, and it didn't really work out. But in, in the in the early nineties. It was the only way we knew. We had the maximum rock and roll book your own fucking life, and that's how we got ourselves around North America, a few yeah. times, a few times, and basements yeah. and, and hardly any venues. But yeah, yeah, it was a great, uh, it, you know, it, 
exciting time. You know, it's, it, it might be gone. I don't know for forever. I think things are always shifting and going back and forth from extremes, you know? Yeah. I, I got some friends that are, you know, in the, uh, in the DIY independent punk scene, you know, from the, the younger band of generations coming out and, uh, you know, that there's, there's still, uh, you know, an avenue for that, you know, depending on just from house shows to, you know, mid range thousand, 2000 capacity venues, you know, it, it still exists. I mean, it existed, you know, before the, you know, the COVID shutdown of the, mm-hmm. the venues, but it, it was still there and it was always, you know, inspiring for me to hear that, like that shit was still going on. That's because, great. Uh, yeah, no, that's very, very, you know, I don't know. Feel- Sorry, go ahead. I could, yeah. I'll just say, man, like, I'm sure you do too. I, I feel lucky to at least have grown up when that was, was happening because it's, you know, it's, what it was all about you know that's that was the raw kind of like experience that was to me is the ultimate satisfying thing about being a musician putting it together going somewhere entertaining some people you know spreading your little merch around and then on to the next you know it's it's a wealth of experience you know but whether or not how much you remember it or not you know depending you know there was a lot of whiskey involved you know to to get through it you know but And I, I wouldn't trade it, man. It was, yeah, it's good shit. That's a good way yeah. to end it, man. That's good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. I really do appreciate you doing the show. It's, it's fun meeting people who uh, have, you know, basically still do it, you know what I mean, in, in some capacity, you know, and, and still enjoy it. And, uh, you know, so it's, you know, only only my, you know, um, duty of sorts to try to, you know, have people have a some sort of whatever platform just to speak about it you know and that's it's good yeah man. i appreciate you taking the time and i uh, i was uh just clicking around your your site before we uh, got on here because i want to be a total asshole to just be like oh you know, what's going on here i was curious to see what it was all about because i'm i'm thankful to be a part of anything like this and uh i saw that you used to do this, uh sound for snfu yeah yeah point. uh yeah so you work with with shy pig and, oh, yeah. and been that part of that Oh yeah, uh, the love- epitaph years, epitaph years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite bands, and I actually have another uh, record I I put out for fun. It's uh, all '90s punk covers done kind of bluegrassy. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of my repertoire, and there's an SNFU song on there. Which yeah. one? Which song do you do? Uh, all those opposed. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one of those slower ones from the yeah one of the '90s releases and. I liked it. Uh, whenever I played it live, I just had a, a funny little a joke about how, you know, this this is a cover of a, an old punk song, you know, but one that actually appre- appreciated their parents' advice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is one where they, you know, mom and dad are actually you know, right about something. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have listened to more of their saying. It's funny you say that. I mean, it's hilarious because uh, I like last week, Brent Belkey called me. And I was in the middle of setup and I go, Hey, I'll call you back. It was like a week and a half ago. And I just called him like two hours ago. And I'm really sorry. I forgot to call <laughs> you back. Yeah. So we're still Mark and Brent and I still, we talk, well, I talk more with Brent than I do with Mark. Mark's out in uh, on Vancouver Island. He's got a family. He's happy. Brent's happy. He's got a kid too. Um, yeah. Chai, obviously he passed away last year. It was a tough yeah. one, you know, but everybody saw it coming down main street, you know, like he was going to, he wasn't really going to stop, you know, like yeah, after that yeah. documentary that came out, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. Brutal. Yeah. You know, that yeah, man. Hurt. 
lot. But, you know, it's they taught me how to tour. Like, they taught me how to be in a van. They taught me so much about what it is that music and art, how it all fits together. And, uh, you know, I've taken a lot of those lessons. And now I work sort of in a city-based environment. And I use some of the principles. I use some of them, you know what I mean? I'm a little aged, a little bit more... Uh, cautious with the shit I say, but there's a lot going on there with like what the shit that I learned about how to deal with that type of stuff and not, you know, put up with bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, you take the kid out the punk band, but you can't take the punk band out of the kid, right? It's true. You like sit there and you'll someone will come in and they'll have like a tattoo and they're a forearm and you'll look at them and go, it's like two dogs sniffing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all right. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be all right. Hey, we're gonna be okay today. Yeah, yeah. man. Well, I mean, I like, yeah. For, thanks, Clint, man, for doing the show. And um, you know, I'll. Yeah. Uh, I think this will be out next week. I was gonna try to squeak it out today, but I, you know, we'll just wait till next week, and then we get a good, good spot to put it out. And yeah, thanks for doing the show. Yeah, thanks for chatting with me. Have a good one, bro. That was Clint Westwood of the Clint Westwood Band. Go check out their new album, EP, on Mannequin Vanity Records. Return to the Mothership came out actually in August, end of August. So we're just getting it now in Canada. No, we're not. We've had it all the whole time. It's just me. I'm pretending that the podcast... Um, I don't know what I'm pretending. I don't know anymore. What a day. What a week. What a year. What a life. Thanks so much for listening to the show week after week. Appreciate it. It's 310 episodes already. Wow. 310 episodes. That's that's more episodes than, uh, than it was last week. Yeah. So, yeah. Listen to the show. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to tell your friends. Tell your friends about this awesome podcast. And also, if you want to be on the show, let me know. I can definitely, you know, if you've done something, you put a record out or you've been in a band or special person or your web developer or your you like to drive your car fast and you're very respectful type of person i'll have you on the show i don't i don't judge uh walking dead's on in five minutes so i gotta let you go thank you so much again yeah like i said for listening to the show i really do appreciate each and every one of you and, and it's fun watching the comments and the people and the interaction I, I i really enjoy it thank you so much again for listening to the show i will see you next week might not be able to put an episode out next week because I'm going to Calgary and then to Vancouver on important documentary business. Don't worry, I know that Alberta has got this, like where all the cowboys are and all the COVID is, but I assure you, I'm not going into Calgary, I'm just going to the north end of, in the middle of Alberta, in the country. Then I'm going to Vancouver and hang out with some friends and talk to a guy named Frank uh, in Calgary, actually in Alberta I'm talking to Art Bergman. So maybe, actually, maybe I'll try to get him on, do a podcast with him, too, at the same time. Okay? So, like I said, I'm only there for a day, and then i got to go to Vancouver. All right, so there's no, no episode next week, I can guarantee that. So, thank you. So, <laughs> talk to you soon. Bye.